Welcome to the Boho News Podcast. Here, we share the latest news, comments and opinion from across the boutique, lifestyle and luxury hotel sectors, along with thought-provoking interviews with industry leaders. My name's Eloise Hansen, editor at BHN and host of this week's episode. Today, I'm speaking with Simon Maguire, Managing Director of Luxury Family Hotels, about current and upcoming property refurbishments, how bookings are shaping up this year, and training for the Ironman Challenge. So, Simon, as I've mentioned, I've been covering luxury family hotels for some time now, and I'm aware that Foy Hall and Moonfleet Manor are currently undergoing multi-million pound refurbishments. And I'm curious to hear whether the renovations has been impacted by any supply chain disruption and and if so how are you managing this yes so um really exciting two two projects kind of going um uh toe for toe if you like neck and neck um at the same time which is which is really exciting for luxury family hotels um the group is 31 years old is it 31 or 32 i always i've lost a year with covid so i think it might be 32 um, but um, so, you know, it's really exciting for the group um, and really exciting for those for those two hotels. And, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful that that we won't be we won't be stopping there and that the other hotels in the group will will follow in, in due course. The projects are quite different and I'll, I'll just explain very quickly. The projects are quite different. So they've had different challenges. Foy is a more of a development, sort of a classic development project, I would say, with um, an additional 24 bedrooms, mm-hmm. large, outs, large outdoor swimming pool, and um, also has uh, five new suites on top of the spa building. And the spa building also um, gets refurbished in that, in that project. So the total additional bedrooms being built in, in the Foy project are 24. It's a longer project. Um, by the time we finish, it will have taken approximately nine to 10 months. And so I think um, whilst at the moment we haven't been impacted by um, supply chain disruptions, I think we have left ourselves with a longer um, grace period, if you like, um, and, and some uh, disruption has been built into the, into the programme. So um, at the moment, things are on schedule. That can change. There's a big storm on its way tonight, I believe, and I'm sure that will um, uh, cause, some, cause some issues. But uh, supply chain-wise, um, given the long lead time of the, of the project, we've, it's been a fairly stable um, a fairly stable project so far. Moonfleet is quite different. We've it's it's um, purely a, a, a full refurbishment, so no additional bedrooms, mm-hmm. and that is a much tighter time frame of a project. So the the project there is around five months, and um, the lead time uh, up to to Moonfleet Manor was much shorter as as in terms of a schedule. So. There we have seen some supply chain problems, particularly um, with FF&E and and things like sinks and toilets and all of those sorts of um, sorts of items. But at the moment, that you know the situation is is um, under control. We have a great team that um, supports us with this, and you know we're 
where issues come up, we react as, as fast as we can to find alternatives um, so that, you know, we're not left uh, short a toilet or two uh, by the time we by the time we reopen. So at, at the moment, touch wood, um, we haven't seen too much um, uh, supply chain disruption. And I'm, am I correct that both properties are reopening this spring? That's right. So um, Foy Hall has remained open. So um, that has, has remained open throughout and then kind of reopens the extra bedrooms in phases. Mm-hmm. So um, some will come back in spring, as you say, some will be a little bit later, more towards June and July. So that's, that's kind of a phased uh, approach. Moonfleet Manor is completely closed at the moment um, and will reopen on March the 15th, all going well. And again, it will reopen with the majority of bedrooms, but some will follow on a little bit later um, towards Easter. Mm-hmm. Well, best of luck with the reopenings there, Simon. Thank you so much. With early on this year, um, in, in January, the editorial team um, at Boutique Hotel News and our other brands, we have service department news and short-term rentals. We compiled an A to Z feature of what to expect in travel and hospitality this year. And you'll be pleased to know, Simon, that K was for kids. And on that note, I would be um, interested to hear how family bookings are shaping up for the, the portfolio this year. And whether you are seeing any changes in booking behaviour since international travel restrictions are now easing for some European countries. Yeah, so we've definitely, um, where every year the booking pattern seems to be to be different at the moment. So um, if we take, if we take, uh, go rewind right back to March just before COVID, if, if we call that normal booking patterns, The normal booking pattern there would be that we would receive quite a lot of bookings in January and February for the summer Mm -hmm. um, and for for Easter. Um, And, you know, then we would have some lighter pick up as as the year went the year went on. And then September time, we would have seen quite a bit of pick up for for Christmas and, and New Year. So then enter into um, COVID uncertain times and the lockdowns. Um, We didn't really see in the first lockdown, we didn't really see any one book, anything until kind of set dates were given. And um, then it all went berserk um, and everybody pretty much booked within a two week time frame for their for their summer holidays and, and supply certainly outstripped demand in 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 that scenario and that was a very strong um a strong sort of year uh, mm-hmm. 21 that would have been would have been no 20 so then come into 21 and we went into that lockdown um the second or i think it was the third by that stage but the third the second long lockdown mm-hmm. and people were actually a bit more um confident about coming out of lockdown and so actually during that um during that lockdown we actually got a lot of summer holiday bookings people were still confident enough to 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 book that we changed our t's and c's to make it more flexible for people so there was less risk for them and we took you know really strong bookings 
um, throughout right until we reopened on May the 17th, I think it was. Mm -hmm. And we kind of reopened to pretty much a full house across the board for, for, for all five hotels across the summer. Come this year, and now, as you say, um, international travel restrictions easing, it seems to have fallen back into that 2019 pattern, which is, you know, relatively strong bookings January and February. But what we're noticing is that those bookings are for a shorter, a shorter lead period, if you like. So for February half term and Easter at the moment, people are confident to book but they're not quite booking their summer holidays with us yet. And I think, I think part of the, the reason for that is I do think some people are, are, are waiting. I think some people are yeah. um, waiting to see if they can, if they can go abroad, if they can, if they can travel abroad, which they, which they can now. Um, so I do think it's going to be a challenging year for, for domestic um, UK leisure mm. on the flip side what we have what we have seen is actually when we do get bookings they're larger in size and i think the reason for that is i think what we're seeing now is a lot of families who maybe haven't seen each other for a little while um, or grandparents multi-generational families um, before our average booking would be one to two rooms around one and a half mm-hmm. now we're seeing it more around the two to three mark so people are coming in larger groups to the hotels. Um, so they may be bringing grandparents. It may be sets of friends coming um, alongside. And often there is multiple or um, single celebrations going on within that. So it might be that there's a private dinner for a 50th and so on and so on. So I think that's the biggest change we've we've seen. I think, um, and I think that will continue throughout this year until, you know, I think from next year, we'll probably get back into that 2019 booking pattern again and, and booking feel. Well, it's certainly all sounding very positive. Yeah, it's certainly, um, you know, it's certainly stronger than it was back in back in 2019. I think people have enjoyed exploring the UK um, mm. in the last two years they found some they've made some great memories hopefully in some of our hotels they've realized that you know you don't have to um go on a flight to to guarantee enjoyment um there's plenty of enjoyment to be had whether it's um you know on the beach in in, in Cornwall or through the National Trust grounds of of, of Ickworth there's plenty to explore and I think it, it's opened people's eyes to to a lot and I also think what we might see this year is people having more holidays than they've had in the past. Mm. Uh, they might be making up for a bit of lost ground. You know, they might have two summer holidays, um, maybe three. Who That'd knows? That'd be nice. Um, that would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> so to ask you a more personal question now, I know that you've been training um, for quite a big challenge. You're, you're taking part in the Ironman challenge. Um, very soon is it next month yeah uh yeah a month away pretty much so yeah so i think um you know in back in back in 2019 in the first lockdown if you like um i knew i had to do something to keep my um brain ticking over i, I, I don't i'm not really a sit still kind of um kind of person 
and um, I find it hard to get through a half an hour TV program, um, <laughs> let alone a movie. So, um, you know, I knew I needed to, to, to keep myself occupied in, in that lockdown and a, and a good way seemed to be, uh, although you weren't really allowed to go out, was virtual cycling on a, on a cycling machine or, or going out running, which obviously you were allowed to do. So, um, and I just really started to, to get fit and, and felt a lot better for it. And actually from a, from a work performance, I, I felt, um, you know, with the clarity of mind that you get, I think, from exercise and, and feeling better in your, in your, your own self, I think um, it helped that period of intense stress um, that we were all under. And mm. so um, that, was, that was really helpful. And really, I just carried on um because it had done me so much good I, I carried on exercising um and yeah so then this this year was was coming along quickly and, and sadly when I was young I, I lost my mother to, to cancer so she passed away when I was in my teens and um the date of of her passing was was coming close to 25 years and I felt um that it would be important for me to mark that um anniversary if you like in a really positive way mm. so not a negative way kind of sitting in and drinking loads of gin and, and feeling depressed about it I wanted to um celebrate and um really make um you know her, her think that you know things had things had turned out okay so I took on this um this challenge um raising funds for uh, a charity called Elaborate Mm -hmm. that, that support um, homeless veterans um, and I felt that it was um, you know a really uh, great opportunity to give something back and to hopefully inspire a few other people along the way and yeah I've enjoyed training for it, it gets a bit tiring at times getting up at um, uh, five in the morning and um, training for a couple of hours and then and then going to, to do the day job but it's enjoyable. Well this is exactly what I want to dive deeper on because how are you finding the time to train for such a physically enduring challenge whilst also managing a portfolio of hotels, two of which are undergoing renovations and redevelopments? Yeah, uh, it's tricky to fit it in, um, but um, I'm good with my calendar um, in the sense that. Um, I think work is work and, and I make sure um, that my training doesn't interfere with my work. And the only way really to do that is to train really early in the morning. I've always been someone that wakes up early naturally. So mm -hmm. that's, that's quite helpful. I, I tend to not be able to go late into the evenings these days. So I always train in the morning. Um, so really, between the hours of kind of five and seven when the kids are asleep, Mrs. M is asleep. Um, that's kind of my time to, to, to train. So predominantly I do that Monday to Friday and that's either running around the local streets, a bit dark and a bit cold at the moment, or um, cycling on a, on a uh, indoor cross trainer at the moment. And um, yeah, the local swimming pool um, does for the, does for the swimming. So and then on a Saturday or Sunday where you have to do the longer sessions, I'll tend to do those on either a Saturday or a Sunday morning. So I managed to fit it all in. 
Um, but definitely by the time it hits 10 o'clock, I'm, I'm ready for a good night, a good night's sleep. Something that I'd be curious to hear, and I'm trying to find a way to, to link your journey with the Ironman Challenge to your hospitality career thus far. And I'm wondering whether you think that there's going to be any skills that you've learned or acquired from your hospitality career that's going to come in handy on the big day. And why do you think that might be? Yeah, so I've actually I've actually given this quite a bit of thought over the over the recent months and, and, and recent weeks. And I think there's two kind of words that that really stick out for me, if you like. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what the hospitality industry has shown um, in the last two and a half years is the most incredible resilience. And I look at so many operators um, across the sector who have inspired me. You know, I look at people like Coat doing their Coat at Home um, range. You know, that was really brilliant to keep to, to sort of pivot and and think so quickly like they like they did you know that would have kept people employed mm-hmm. um, that would have really helped suppliers that they that they use um, you know there's so many examples um, across our industry of, of things that people did some to continue to trade mm-hmm. but some just to help I mean what the the Barclay did in in London with their uh, meals for, for paramedics and ambulances you know they were that that wasn't to make money that was to that was to support others and and you know that was incredibly generous and we did um, a similar initiative whereby we invited you know people from um, the NHS um, to stay with us when we first when we first reopened and, and that was extremely rewarding for us and our, our team to to spoil those people who had worked so hard so I think that resilience that you build up in hospitality, you know, hospitality is a brilliant industry. And the reason it's brilliant is that every day you are facing different challenges than you were the day before. You're dealing with different people. And whenever you deal with people, that throws up lots of different variables. And what might be okay for one person is a disaster for the for the next. So um, that that makes it incredibly interesting, but it also means you need to think on your feet and you need to pivot and you need to bounce back um, every single day, sometimes two or three times in a day. You you know, you might be knocked down, but you have to learn to um, brush it off and, and come back and make sure that your next interaction with a customer or with a colleague gives them the a, a good feeling and, and and supports supports them and makes sure they have a great stay mm. and so how that really has linked for me in my I guess physical exercise journey is that you will get knocked back and you might fall over you might twist your ankle you might um, forget your water bottle you might get a flat tire um, you know there's so many different things that can happen to you. Um, just the other day, you know, I was um, uh, on a long ride and something on my bike broke and, and that sort of thing. And I think what just what hospitality has taught me is, is that there's always a way. Hmm. There's always a way to get through it. There's always um, you've just got to, you know, sometimes take 30 seconds or take a couple of minutes and maybe try and look at the problem um a little differently 
and see how you can overcome it. And I think you could say that resilience is another, there's another sort of way to frame it. And that is a positive mindset, resilience and a positive mindset is actually really the, the same thing mm. because it's being able to take knockdowns and pushbacks and flip it around into something positive. And, you know, if I think about the teams at luxury family hotels, what they went through, particularly, I think, post-September, after the first lockdown, when the tier when the tier restrictions started to come in, yeah, we were, you know, the government would change every five minutes. You know, yes, they can have a drink, but it's got to be with a Scotch egg, or you know, yes, but we've got to close the we've got to close the bar at ten o'clock because COVID comes out from the sofas at that time, and it was all of that. You know, we really had to constantly it was it was changing, and we had to be up to date, and we had to constantly change what we were doing. And, and also the guests, like some of them had no idea what they were allowed to do and what they weren't allowed to do. So we had to kind of kind of guide them and still give them a great experience. So, you know, I think I think one thing I've definitely learned is is resilience. And, and that has uh, that has held me in, in really good regard. And I think the second thing that you have to have again in hospitality, but it really helps you when you're um, out on the road and, you know, you might be three hours into into a run and it's freezing cold and it's raining and you know whatever whatever's going down is is gratitude and you know I think that's something that's that that I've really learned in 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 recent years you know you have to be grateful for the people that are around you that that work for you um you know in in terms of luxury family hotels have been absolutely blessed with the most amazing team that you know when the chips were down in in lockdown they they really just everyone pulled together mm. and you get get a real sense of of gratitude for that and i think you then turn it to when you're going out running or swimming or anything like that and and when it's a little bit hard and you think oh i'd prefer to just pack it in and go home you kind of think to yourself actually the the gratitude of that i'm able to go out and do this and and that i have the body and the time um just stick at it for a little while and it'll it'll all feel okay again um don't don't just give up so i think it's those two things you know resilience positive mindset and gratitude are probably the things i've taken from hospitality to help me um uh help me on this journey mm-hmm. well it's certainly very impressive i mean the thought of getting up at 5am to go for a run cycle or or swim just sounds like torture let alone doing it all on one day for a huge task but I do wish you the best of luck um, on on the day and no doubt you'll be finding time to celebrate (laughs) once you've recovered yeah yeah hope so although the hotels will definitely keep me busy so I'm sure I'll be uh, I'll be brought back down to earth the next day with plenty to um, plenty to get on with. And um, the team have been super supportive, um, you know, of, of what I'm trying to achieve. And I hope, you know, if there's if there was just one thing that I wish um, that I get out of it in, in, in when it's all done is I, I really hope maybe to have inspired a few others, because I think the hospitality industry is is a very challenging industry whilst it's whilst it's um such an exciting 
job as i said before and 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 changes every day and and keeps you on your feet and thing it is also a tough industry and you know we work a lot of hours we um you know we have a um uh you know we have to work weekends um it's often unsociable and that is that is tough and you know i've seen a lot of people leave the industry who you know people who had so much talent for the industry leave because of because of some of those reasons and i think you know leading a healthy lifestyle like i like i have done you know i've lost nearly six stone in the last three years has you know massively helped me enjoy my work more and i just hope if if i guess the iron man does one thing it might um inspire a few more people to to go on that journey they might not need to go so extreme i take i take that on board um but that's that's always been me unfortunately have to have to go that extra nutty percent yeah <laughs> so finally simon what is next for luxury family hotels yeah so i mean it's it's a really exciting time at um luxury family hotels we're um, as I said, um, you know, right in the middle of it with Foy and, and Moonfleet and, you know, but we have three other great hotels as well in Newpark Manor, Woolly Grange and Ickworth up in Suffolk. So, um, you know, our intention is to um, refurbish all of those properties and, and develop them. Mm. We think they're all fantastic locations um, and we're, we're really blessed to, to have hotels in those locations you know one near bath one in the new forest which is just amazing um and ickworth which is nestled in a in the middle of a national trust property so you know it's just a case of the 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 um uh, planning permissions uh, so we have we have um submitted planning um, already in in those places and, you know, we're really hopeful that when those come through, that we're able to carry on um, like we have done at Foy and, and Moonfleet. And, you know, we have a great team who is able to mobilise and, and do those works. So I think that's what's next for luxury family hotels. I think we've really grown over the last three years. Um, and that's been helped by the, the staycation boom, if you like. Um, but we we didn't stand still and 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 just accept that you know we added we did some fun things with glamping at Woolly Grange whereby we we work with the pop-up hotel group to to add eight rooms and we'll do that again this summer because that was a huge success so I think there's there's still plenty to um plenty to come and hopefully lots of opportunity to um talk again and and tell you about a bit more Thanks so much, Simon. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you today. And, and I've, I've mentioned it before, just best of luck with everything that you're achieving. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Boho News podcast. If you'd like to keep up to date with industry news, head on over to boutiquehotelnews.com and subscribe to our weekly newsletter.